It's Coach O, Coach Ed Ogeron, the former head coach of the Mills and Utah Tigers. You listen to that there anchor with that podcast of the uh, Sports Reloaded remix with Danny Belts and all. And you know, Coach O, you know he's out of a job right now. I laying low. I mean, I went out there in the, in the media and talked to them about the Super Bowl and Joe Burrow and everything. And, you know, it reminds me of them, how, what it's like to be a, a college athlete. You know, uh, Coach O, I was over there at LSU and then, and then I dropped out and then, you know, went over to another school and ended up being a head football coach and all. But um, things changed a lot. You know, now they got that damn uh, that portal where them kids can be like, oh, wait, I, don't, I ain't going to be starting right now, so I'm going to go change schools and all. Or my team ain't doing good, so I'm gonna go on another team now because I'm a crybaby. And you know, I mean, I just think it rewards bad behavior. Coach O don't like it, and I don't think it's that good. And uh, you know, I bet it's one of them things, baby. They got that other um, the NIL, whatever you know, where them kids are gonna be making all that money now with the TikToks and all the and the, all that kind of stuff and the what you call it and the MySpaces and everything. And you know, I mean, it ain't about football, baby. It ain't about no amateur athletics. Coach O ain't, ain't too happy about all that, but. I always got to say one thing to y'all, and that's go Tigers. What the hell is that? You know what it is, bitch. Bang! Welcome to the Sports Antelope, episode number 88. I'm your host, Danny Belts, the exit interview. I'm going to be rolling solo today. I made a decision last night. Instead of recording with the crew, I did something else. Very rare. We'll talk about that. It's actually pretty interesting. We're talking about Jawan Howard. I just can't, I can't help it. If you didn't know, yes, Ukraine is being invaded. Who? Shocker. We've been following this for weeks and weeks and weeks, and here we are. I want to talk about the Olympics for about 10 seconds. I have a pretty good take on that. I think you can really, I'll give you something to really contemplate and mull over. Uh, I'm playing poker again. Uh, this is going to be interesting. Again, no Tommy Bench, no Bro Exotic. Canada. I, I'm going to continue on the Canada role. We'll be comparing corporate exit interviews and their lack of just it, – its there's no effort in these at all. I know exactly uh, what I'm talking about that because I've had two of them, uh, one a bigger joke than the other. And comparing that to the exit interview process or lack thereof in college sports with the transfer portal. We're not going to be getting in to nearly anything with gambling today. We're not going to be getting into anything with college basketball today. This is one of the many episodes that I have in my arsenal, as I just had a lot of time in January (laughs) to get my thoughts together. Let's start off with, real quick, Juwan Howard. Interestingly enough, I did bet Michigan last night because Phil Martelli is their head coach. My brother had the distinct pleasure of playing under this man technically for some time uh, after Hurricane Katrina. Uh, got a jersey, you know, practiced on that team, played in the midnight madness that they had. Pretty crazy. I was there for that. If I'd have told you, find me the the New Orleanian transfer that you wouldn't have known. Uh, the dude just fit basically right in there. He dropped a few buckets. Um, actually dunked one. It's pretty ridiculous. But <laughs> uh, yeah, Danny Belts cannot dunk. Uh, yeah, I can dunk a donut. That's about it. I'm short, can't jump. He's tall, can jump. So that's kind of how that works. I don't know how I got the shaft in the gene pool. Uh, the Lord gave me nothing. But what he did give me, I certainly work with to the full extent, especially these days. So Juwan Howard is uh, suspended five games. The second time this guy's pulled this stunt. I know you've all seen the video. 
Uh, my two brothers were actually watching this live. I was watching the game and turned it off. It was an easy cover. Wisconsin, that was free money. I have been murdering college basketball weekends. Last night, the Sports Antidote posted a picture of the over in Jacksonville State, Eastern Kentucky. Somebody texted me, oh, you're betting Eastern Kentucky? Yes, I am. Eastern Kentucky leads the nation in three-point attempts, and they play at a ridiculous pace. When you have a team shooting that many threes, it will only engage a fast game. One over by 11 points, and both teams shot like crap. Jacksonville State is a very difficult team to deal with. They will be another team we'll be talking about. They are loaded with transfers, not from the FCS. I would not want to see them as some 14 seed, I'll tell you that now, especially with the even board of there's no real dominant team lingering out there. The three seeds are going to be a mark in this tournament. People's brackets will be massacred. Uh, before they get out of the, not even into the weekend. I think Thursday, Friday might take care of most. That's my opinion. I happen to be terrible at brackets. I'm good at betting these games in the first round. My bracket's always a dumpster fire, like everyone else's. If anyone tells you they're good at bracket talk, no, they're not. So just go ahead and just tell them, no, that's not how this works. Anyway, so Juwan Howard, I know you saw what happened. And, you know... He gets into it, and everyone – I have two takes on this. The first one was, well, we, we don't know. We don't know what, what the coach said. You mean what the white guy said. In other words, you're inferring, did he say the N-word? Well, Juwan Howard's already cried wolf once on that, much like Marcus Smart did over there at Texas Tech years and years ago. And we touched on this. No one followed it. Just if you didn't know, uh, Marcus Smart almost got in a fight with a very unruly old white man, a fan that apparently had a history of, you know – of talking trash to players. However, he's a hard-hitting alumni. Tough to tell him to go away. Anyway, Texas Tech went ahead and hired a third-party lip reader, the same people that the FBI or a DEA would, would contract to read lips. There's people out there that can do this, almost like you know if you're bilingual with Spanish or anything like that. And the dude determined that all he said was, you're an effing a-hole. Uh, there was no N-word, so Marcus Smart lied. And then, of course, he retracts, well, I thought I heard it. It's just insane. You either hear that word or you don't. And even if you do, I'm sorry, I'll just go right out and say it. Even if you do, in certain situations, being Division One basketball, you're going to have to deal with it. And I know that I'm not black, but I have many black friends that agree with me on this. That, yeah, in that situation, I'm not saying that somebody walks in the street passing says that to you. It's a whole other story. But in that setting, you have to have the mental ability and capacity to block that stuff out. This is Division I basketball at the highest level in the P5 in the Big 12. Nothing changes when you go to the Big 10. That's a player. When you're a coach, I honestly – I'm going to get pretty ridiculous here. I, I, I don't care what is said to you. Clearly, Jawan Howard, let's just call balls and strikes. What he did like is that a bunch of white boys from Wisconsin railed it up his ass. Let's just, that's what he didn't like. And what he really didn't like was a late timeout. Never mind the fact Jawan Howard was pressing down 16, extending the game. No one even wants to talk about that. I've watched the last three minutes of that game about 10 times. And the funny part about this whole thing is everyone keeps talking about what was said, what was said. Who cares what was said? You're the head coach of Michigan. Okay, we're not talking about some D3 school in Alaska. So the fact that even anyone's taking his back is absurd. The fact that Wisconsin's coach was suspended is the most absurd thing, period, in this whole thing. But that's okay because we had to do something in this day and age where it's a constant race war. 
And then as there's six, seven huge black security guards right there, if anyone had said the N-word, said the N-word, I'm sure somebody would have heard it. And yet it wasn't said, of course, because no one said it. And then that, when that story had no legs, then they went to other things. And then Juwan Howard says he's from the south side in Chicago, and that's how we used to handle things. I have a question for Juwan. You mean when you used to handle things, you open-hand bitch-slap somebody with a limp wrist? Go look at it. He slapped him. That's it. I'm going to slap you. No, please. I slap you. Uh, I slap you. Oh. I slap, slap, slap you. Uh. I slap and you're slapping. You're silly because you disrespected me. So that's basically the extent of that. He slapped him. And to me, it just sets not only a ridiculous precedent, but I'll tell you this. If I'm a dad sitting there by the fireplace with my kid who's a five-star athlete who is verbally recruited to Michigan, we're having a long talk. Uh, son, do you want to play for this mentally unstable idiot? Really? Yeah, let's go to Ohio State. Or even better, let's call Tom Izzo. And speaking of which, if you didn't hear what Tom Izzo, the coach of Michigan State, said about whether or not they're still going to shake hands after games, you, you listen to this. In the social media world, which you love, and in the national broadcasting talk shows, there are suggestions silly as they may be, that we should do away with the handshake line now. Oh, my God. Have you heard that? Oh, my God, I have. And I do got to comment on that since that's not insulting to anybody. That, to me, would be the biggest farce, joke, ridiculous nature of anything I've ever heard of. We've already taught these poor 18-year-olds that when, when... you know, you're told to go to class and you don't like it, you can leave. We've already told these kids, if you're not happy, you can do something else. We've already told these kids that it's hard to hold them accountable. And now we're going to tell them to not man up and walk down a line on somebody who's kicked your butt and have enough class to shake their hand. It'd be a really easy conversation for me if I was a dad in that situation. And then he goes on and on, and it gets even more and more uh, insightful. I just don't want to sit here and play quotes all day, but he even gets into that's what's happening right now in our country. And he couldn't have been any more right. Is uh, He's such a great coach. He's such a great guy. And the, and the difference between Michigan and Michigan State's program right now is basically a difference between like the Cleveland Browns and the Kansas City Chiefs. I mean, it, it's, it's just, it's not even close at all. And I, there's no way if I was a dad with any influence at all, or a mother, I would want my kid playing for Jawan Howard. It has nothing to do with the fact that he's a person of color. It's just, it's not working. Hiring legacy players to coach has never worked. It never will work. And I have a whole thing on that coming, believe you me. But the point is, is that this is just, what, what actually happens If you do that on camera, what happens when there's no camera? What happens at practice? How do you run a practice? What happens when it's time to talk to these, you know, kids about what? (laughs) If that's what you do on the national level, then what do you do on a private level? You know, God only knows. The man's a joke. And so much for your white privilege. He should have got arrested for assault by textbook. And it's the second time he's done this in three years. I've never seen this in my life. And everyone's like, yo, they used to go nuts in the 70s and the 80s. Show me a coach that started now a fight in three years with a player and another coach after a basketball game. You, you, you can't. You can only show me one. It's Juwan Howard.
And right now, their recruiting is being damaged beyond measure. But continue to bet Michigan under Phil Martelli, a real coach, AP Coach of the Year at one point, and not because he had Jameer Nelson and Delonte West. It's because he's just a great coach. Stupidest thing St. Joe's ever did was telling one of the most tenured coaches in the history of college basketball to leave. I listened to Phil Martelli speak at the boarding school I went to twice. Great speaker, great man, great motivator, great coach. Uh, That was St. Joe's will never, ever, and they're terrible right now, and they're only getting worse. So congratulations to St. Joe's. The Olympics, we need to touch on this. Uh, There is this one event. I'm going to play this one clip for you. This is actually something, this is my favorite event in the Olympics, and this is actually, as much as I don't like them, the Olympics, you know, with the whole, it's in China, and yes, we know, but uh, this is something worth listening to. I sincerely hope that that touched you the way it did me. It brought almost a tear to my eye. Um, And that just summarizes the Olympics as a whole. I'm glad we were able to, I'm glad I was able to cover that for you. Uh, It's kind of groundbreaking stuff. So I started playing poker again. Interesting. I was talking to my buddy yesterday. I used to play a lot, a lot, a lot. I was talking to him yesterday and ended up winning a lot of money at a cash game. But before that, I actually won a satellite to play into a $50,000 guarantee. A guarantee is something that, whether it's just $50,000 guaranteed in the prize pool, regardless of how many people buy into it, if the buy-in exceeds 50,000 of the amount of people that bought into the tournament, then you know if there was $56,255, then that would be dispersed amongst the prize pool. <laughs> I stayed there for hours. There was some really good players in this tournament. I had won the satellite, so I didn't have to pay the whole buy-in, which I believe was six fifty. But uh, it was insane. John Jawanda's cousin—he looks like John Jawanda—was there. I was <laughs> sitting at this final table. Somebody told me uh, that it was his cousin, and it looked like him. It was insane. I ended up—I was texting my youngest brother as it was gone. I made it to the final table. I told him I felt like Bradley Cooper and Limitless because everything is slow to me right now. Not just betting in basketball, which I am murdering, but it's just even stuff like this. Just, you know, not sitting there and waiting for cards, but just playing people, playing hard action on position and things of that nature. And I mean, I finished one spot outside the money. It would have been almost four grand had I just held on one more spot, but I had to push. I had 10, somebody had kings, and I couldn't suck out. But earlier in there, when I was basically just rolling through this, no, not rolling through, but I had uh, three or four times the chip average, and <laughs> I had ace-king on the button, and everybody was out ahead of me. Two people called, I raised, so they're going to end up folding inevitably. The big blind called me, small blind fold, so it's just me and the big blind heads up. End up flopping an ace, it's kind of a rainbow flop. Uh, what I didn't realize is this dude hit that flop harder than I did, I have ace with the top kicker. He hit a little set, three of a kind. This is a murderous thing. And the river was a king, which didn't help. Now I have top two pair. And he ends up checking, this is insane, checking into me on the river, basically just setting up a a submarine trap. And I go right into him, and he makes just the perfect raise to where I was stubborn enough to call, knowing, knowing that he probably had three of a kind. I just can't get rid of this hand on a rainbow flop. There's no flush. There's no straight. 
and I just had to see, show me a set and gave away half my chip stack. Had I not done that, there's a pretty good chance I'm cashing into this thing. That's the second time I've sat down and played poker. Third, if you want to count the two cash games. Four, if you want to count the satellite in two sittings. But at the same time, I um, am seeing things extremely clearly as the podcast continues to get better. Everything else continues to get better now that I have dealt with these issues that I've had upstairs and, uh, you know, kicking some habits and, and things of that nature. So your boy, Danny Belts, your host, is just doing swimmingly. Uh, the Canadian Emergency Act. So if you did not know, Trudeau, the prime minister, has now invoked the Canadian Emergency Act, which sounds sounds pretty reasonable, right? I mean, yeah, this is a state of emergency. You have a bunch of 18, a bunch of truckers that are basically occupying your interstates and everything. And the Canadian news outlets, which are both major ones owned by the government, that's hilarious, pump out more propaganda than basically Eichmann did uh, in the Third Reich. But that's neither here nor there. So, in it, so basically what's happening here is I have a customer, excuse me, oh, uh, I know a guy that, (laughs) I gotta be careful, I asked this dude to come on the show, and he's scared to, because big brother up there is looking at him so closely, what I'm about to tell you is is true, and mind you, when I used to work for a major company in Detroit, I mean, I always lived in Louisiana with this one, but I made many trips to Michigan, Detroit, Michigan, and if you look, and if they try to take your money, if you ever go there, Canada's right across the, the river, the lake, whatever. And they're like, what direction is that? You'd say north instinctively, but it's actually south if you look on a map or that where that is located in Detroit, it's actually south. So it's some stupid question like in New Orleans when someone says, I bet I can tell you where I got your shoes from or something. So don't buy into it. It's south. I seriously doubt that situation will ever occur. But if someone tries to tell you that and bet money, say south and then take their money. Anyway. Right across, my point is, geographically, from a proximity standpoint, that place is extremely close to the United States. It's like looking over the other side of the Mississippi River when you're living down in Louisiana. You know, you got the South Shore over here and the West Bank over there, and it's just right there. You can see it. It's really close. And what's happening just across the Mississippi River, so to speak, could easily happen in this country, what I'm about to tell you. And if you don't think this can happen, and if you don't think this administration would be willing to up their ante, no pun intended, to the level of this insanity, think again, because they absolutely will. We already did this once with the IRS, where they basically targeted a bunch of people contributing to the Tea Party, hardcore audited. Just talk to my middle brother about this, the CPA. He'll tell you all about it. But this was a scandal under the previous administration before the Orange Man, and really nothing happened, nothing ever happened with that administration when it came to anything scandalous, but whatever. But at the same time, this is 10 times worse so when you, like anything, like the bill cap and trade or anything that, you know, the bipartisan um, rebuild, everything that sounds like it's like, and whenever a bill has bipartisan in it, it's already very partisan. It's just like when someone says, I don't want to be that guy, but well, you're about to be that guy. Hey, look, man, I'm not a racist, but well, you're about to say something racist, pal. So <laughs> just letting you know, you're going to be the thing that you're describing. You're not going to be in about five seconds. Well, anyway, in this instance... What's happening over there is, is extremely interesting. And if, if you don't, again, if you don't think this can happen over here, you, you really need to think again. Right now, I know someone's boss whose assets are frozen in Canada. Frozen. The Canadian government, under this ridiculous, draconian Canada Emergency Act, have the right 
to infiltrate financial institutions without a court order. This is unbelievable. This also happened somewhere in in the late 1930s in East Berlin, which we are definitely going to get into in one second. And I'm sorry, I have no choice. But freezing assets, private property, his real estate investments are frozen, rents, payroll, his personal, his business, because he contributed towards this convoy, this freedom convoy that's happening in, in Canada right now. They have taken it to a level of which the, it, you, you simply cannot touch people's money. It's like breaking into someone's house without a search warrant. We have rules in this country still. I think this is not Vietnam. And I think there are rules, Larry. This is not Vietnam. But I think that you know this is something that our government right now has a hard-on for to be able to do this. That's why I'm scared to give to any type of political contribution, even a hundred bucks, unless it's anonymous. I don't want anyone to know what I'm doing with my money. And at the same time, this could easily happen over here. Freezing financial assets for something you donated towards, linking it to terrorism? This is the same Canadian prime minister that in the midst of the pandemic and the thick of it in the summer of 2020 was out there, even though you couldn't come outside in Canada unless it was a BLM rally or protest or riot. In fact, then he went out there and took a knee with everybody because that's what's real. That's what real leaders do is basically say, oh, this is more important than COVID, even though Canada was stricter than California and New York and New Jersey when it came to these type of COVID sanctions. Now he completely reverts and says, now we're in a state of emergency. And Trudeau speaks so calmly. There's a word for this. There's a phrase. I forgot what it's called. I should have had that written down. I'm not going to try to BS you on that one. I'll make it up. But people do fact check me on here a lot, so I don't want to <laughs> throw that one out. But when it's, it's a proven fact, if you're going to do something drastic, like let's say you were going to ground – let me put things to a kindergarten perspective. Let's say you were going to ground your kid for six months and you said, that's it. But as y'all grounded for six months, right? If you screamed it, it would be like reality would set in like, oh, crap. But if you said it like this, you know, Butters, I think that for a platitude of weeks, uh, we're not going to put a time frame on it, maybe. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't know, maybe 26 weeks, uh, give or take. You are going to be, mm, you have to stay in the house and in your room. You can still watch television uh, you can still do things, just not with your friends outside. You can still eat food, drink water, use the bathroom and shower as normal. Yes, you can go in the backyard and play with Spot. Um, but we're going to have to go ahead and do that, you know. But it's okay. It's for your own good. See, if you explain something like that and do it in that voice to a child, then they certainly won't understand that really what you just said was, is that ass ain't going nowhere for half a year. That's what Trudeau does when he gets up there and speaks. It's very tactful and stupid. You can see right through it if you have an IQ of 50. And basically when he has this soft voice and goes through all these things, he's telling them that he's going to put it in their anus. No lube and take it. And it is insane what is happening over there. Let me tell you what Hitler did. And again, this is not my opinion. This is what he did. There was something called the Reichstag Fire Decree. That sounds well, that sounds cool. Well, what's that? Okay, this is the same thing that Adolf Hitler did. If you don't believe me, then go look up both acts, and they read nearly verbatim. 
You could abolish all civil liberties, civil liberties, the right to speak, the right to assemble, the right to protest. You can arrest, intimidate, purge your political enemies. You can do the same exact thing that they're doing in Canada is what he already did years ago. And they say history repeats itself. You're goddamn right it does. The Reichstag Fire Decree is the same thing as the Canada Emergency Act. The same thing. If that doesn't scare you, well, then maybe you're just a better man than I. It scares the hell out of me. Exit interview. Belts. What do you want to talk about the exit? I'm glad you asked. I'm glad that you asked. Exit interview. Okay. From a corporate perspective, you would think an exit interview would be something you'd pay a lot of attention and pump money into the resources of which. Why? Because typically exit interviews are people that have put in their two weeks, they are moving to what they feel to be a greener pasture, and leaving your forsaken, locust-ridden farm. I've done this twice. A young, young Woken, a guy I may or may not have worked with, just did this. Now, the exit interview should be taken seriously, but they never are. They never are. Why? I don't get it. And we're going to compare this to the transfer portal and if I was an athletic director, how I would treat this at any university. I don't care if it's Alabama or I don't care if it's North Dakota State. I don't care if it's Grand Canyon University. I don't care. I do the same thing. And I don't care what sport. If you transfer, uh, I'm going to get ahead of myself. Anyway, well, let's stick to this. So, In this instance, let's start off with myself. I was a top performer at one of the biggest restaurant management programs with cooking oil and the apparatuses we put into commercial kitchens and all types of venues, right? Gas stations, restaurants, hotels, sporting venues, anywhere. For two years, a top performer and one year beat everybody, every single person There's about 50-something of us. I beat everyone. And yet somehow I was not salesperson of the year. I gave myself the award later. I had my own ceremony in my my room. I got hammered drunk. And they made me like, I still have that plaque in my room where I made, quote, President's Club. And I look at it nearly every day as motivation of that. This, it still pisses me off to bust my ass to one day hopefully do this at the company I'm at now. But at the same time, and this company actually gives... Salesperson of the year to the top performer. Imagine that. Oh, I gave it to somebody else. Oh, because she did it a different way. And the CEO didn't like the way that I did things down in New Orleans. Although I resurrected a territory that had a massive amount of turnover and lack of production. And had over 320% of my goal. Which had never happened at the time nearly at all. But it's okay. Because she did things the company way. And you know. And the CEO cucked me. Yes, because basically he didn't like me. But that's okay. I don't care. I left. Now, in my exit interview, you'd think that when a top performer all of a sudden says I'm out, you'd want to know why, right? You'd think you'd send in a sales manager, not one that's over me. You can't do that. Conflict of interest. Maybe someone from the other side of the region or country. Certainly somebody from HR to lead this thing and document everything. Let me tell you what they did. You know, there's always one girl in every company that kind of is like the exercise girl. 
you know, like in a national conference, she'll tell you to stand up and, when, you know, roll your arms and roll your neck. And now we're going to do this stretch and cuck. Yes, we understand all of that. Well, she was also like pseudo HR, I guess. I, I don't even remember her name. I, I don't know anything about that. And, and when the exit interview came, it was her. And I was like, wait, you're doing this? She's like, yeah, I'm in HR. I'm like, yeah, okay. I can also hit a golf ball too. It doesn't mean I'm going to line up next to Hovland on the next PGA event. What are you doing? So basically, she was asking me all these questions. It was all scripted and so stupid that I just started acting stupider. The dumber her questions got, the more ridiculous I got. And I didn't even want to do that, but that's just my nature. I don't have a choice. Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. And they won all of the dumbest prizes this circus offered. Believe you me. Anyway, so at the, la- the last question she asked was, if we could do it again, what would you say could make you stay? I almost lost it. Bitch, did you hear anything I just said the last 36 minutes? What I should have said was, all right, sweetie, put your husband on the phone. I should have just said it just like that. Or ratchet it up, okay, toots, put your husband on the phone. I didn't do that. I should have because she listened to nothing that I said. Nothing. And and, in the beginning, I was giving her valid, valid and valuable information on ways that you can change things. Uh, Number one, stop changing the comp plan every five weeks. (laughs) Let's start there. But I got into some very specific micro details that easily could have helped. And she just, you know... They sent, the, they sent a, and it doesn't matter that she's a woman. I don't care if it was a man. I, I don't care who it was. It could be a pansexual, a trans. I don't care. They sent in the mascot. And to, it was so insulting. And then the next one I had was even stupider with an even bigger company. Where basically they just don't care. It's a formality for their records. If I was the CEO of a company and I would be a bad CEO, I'm a bad businessman. I'm not, a, I'm not a, everyone think, yeah, I'm a business guy. Are you? Tommy Bench is a businessman. I know what he does on the side. He does smart stuff. When he comes to me, he already called me after the toilet gold. He wants the guy's contact. He wants in on this bathroom action. I'm not lying. He's got the capital and the know-how to do this too. And he's a veteran, a wounded veteran, federal grant, a federal potential contract. He ain't stupid. You think I have him on here? I take down the sports antidote IQ enough. He flattens the curve a little bit. But the point is, is that in this instance, they do not take these things seriously. And, and for the life of me, I just don't get it. And if I'm the CEO and you're leaving this company, I am going to want to know. We did a podcast a year ago, had the record hits almost. It was called CEOs in the Mailroom. Go back and listen to it. It's a good one. I was kind of sloshed, but whatever. It was still good. Point is, is that if even I was a CEO in this instance, I would want to know what's going on in the mailroom. Mailroom's important. Have you seen the Always Sunny in Philadelphia when Charlie Day's down there? You don't want that to happen. So my point is, is that you need to know what's happening with your grunts and your infantry, with your sergeants, your captains, your colonels, all the way up. I mean, you manage them. You have those people to manage those brigades, divisions, and ranks, etc. The same thing in a corporate structure, the same thing in the sports world, which we'll get to in a minute. But they just don't. It's, it's, it's insane. I would want to know if a janitor was leaving. 
Maybe he has some insightful information for me. You don't know. The wise janitor? That dude knows all the gossip, too. Probably tell me who's talking shit about me behind my back so I could really start canning people. You're fired. And this entire process should not be a formality. I mentioned the young Woken. I mean, he didn't even have one. Didn't have one. And then there's other people I know that just don't even have them. You don't want to know why someone is leaving? You really need to know. Like, that is something very important. I don't know how this goes under the wayside. As a matter of fact, one could make the argument that the exit interview is more important than the initial interview. Much like a Division I athlete being offered a scholarship, it's probably more important that he's rejecting your scholarship after putting on a jersey and playing. You'd think it would be, but it's not. It's not. And there's a myriad of reasons why, some of which I'll never know. I know that if I was a CEO, and I'm the sales guy, so I'd run the company into the ground. I'd put finance in a a literal financial headlock. (laughs) We'd be bankrupt within minutes. But but this doesn't mean that even though I'm not, you know, up to par or up to speed on how you should run the company, I would at least have the know-how to understand it's important we know why people want to leave. I have talked to two people in the last month through people I know, one through text, one on the phone, doesn't matter the schools, one's FCS and one is barely in the FBS levels of college football. They're in the transfer portal with the other thousand kids, thousand, that are in this portal now. If you look at it online, it'll say there's 55. Uh, No. If you look another source, they'll say a few hundred you can actually access the database. Look at it. It is unbelievable. The entire Hawaii football team is in the transfer portal. I'll tell you what I'd be doing. If I was playing for, you know, sorry, I'm still kicking this cold. If I was playing for, I don't know, Central Arkansas, and that was pretty good, and I saw that everybody was leaving Hawaii, I may take the initiative to email the coach. Like, hey, I, I don't really suck that bad and stuff. You guys really aren't that good and stuff. Can I, like, get on a plane? and stuff. <laughs> I'd be taking full advantage of that. A buddy of mine played for Elon out there. He'd be going nuts right now. He may end up at Florida State, his school he always wanted to play for <laughs> at this point. Just, uh, hey, Norvell, you mind if I swing by? Sure, why not? Everybody's leaving. We got a bet for you. Come on down. The price is wrong, bitch, because in this instance, no one is even talking to these players on the way out. No one. Now, I understand if Bryce Young wants to leave Alabama, he's going to have to have a heart-to-heart with Nick Saban. That's the most extreme example. But there is just so many of these players. And it's not a – I got a small sample size. The, the schools are irrelevant. You're just going to have to trust me on this. But it's a formality. They just go because people are coming in and they don't care. Imagine being a national sales manager and having your sales team constantly turn over, but you're not worried about it. Because you have a bunch of people applying. What kind of stupid logic is that? On what galaxy does that make sense? Turnover in a company has to be just as difficult as transferring other people in. You have to learn a new system. You learn a new program. You have to fit in. Much like you do on a sales team. You have to understand the CRM. You have to understand their sales strategy. How they execute the company strategy may be very different than the place you came from. And how you handed yourself in Jawan Howard's locker room may be a lot different on how you're going to have to be in Tom Izzo's locker room. You see what I'm saying? 
I talked to this one transfer, Cliff O'Malley, middle linebacker for Stansbury State. I actually have uh, him right here. Uh, they, you know, this is the type of people that they're getting. So that's basically the type of transfers you'll be getting, guys like Cliff O'Malley, who want crack and hose. And oh, he's white, so don't even try that on me. My point is, you have no idea what you're going to be getting when people come in or out. You can interview these people, which you think is the most important thing to do to see if they'd be a good fit. Then when you find out they're not and or they're going to greener grass, much like you would in the professional world, shouldn't you pull it back and say, why? If I was the athletic director for any school, I don't care what. You can name us. It doesn't matter the size of the school. Let's say I was the athletic director for LSU. LSU right now, the transfer portal for them is a mess. They're losing a couple players to go north to Arkansas, a team in the same conference in the same division that's our rival. Not good. I would want to sit those two guys down and find out why. Why are you leaving? Do you not like Brian Kelly? Do you miss Coach O? Um, do you like Pitts up there? Great coach. Arkansas is going to be a force next year, by the way. We'll be talking about Arkansas and Illinois for futures, no doubt, as well as Florida State. Um, well, I already see this coming. Anyway, they're going to, all three of those teams are going to be good. So they weren't already good last year. Um, or be better than they were. Talking to these kids, trying to find out why they're leaving, like I said, very important. But that's at a really high level. So if I was the athletic director at even a smaller school, I would want to know why you're leaving regardless. As a matter of fact, it would be a mandate. If you want to get your shit out of your dorm or your apartment, you need to talk to me first. Why? Because I've already changed the locks. I've changed the locks. Whatever. Uh, <laughs> I have initiated pre-Monoptra. And yes, and I am going to do that uh, when you sign on to my program. There is a mandated exit interview. You cannot miss it. It is mandatory. And it's not for me to scold you. It's simply for me to ask questions, listen, take my little pen here, and write a bunch of stuff down. Because the stuff you're going to tell me now is more real than anything you told me when we first met. Because when we first met, whether it's a job or a Division I athlete, you're telling me everything I want to hear. Because you want in this program. You want in this company. There's really not much honesty here. On the way out, conversely, you're going to get the brutal honesty that can make your program and business better. Yet this is not happening. I have heard no one talk about this. On any major circuit. That's why you listen to the sports antidote, obviously. We talk about things that no one else does at a very intelligent level, especially these days. And it's, it's, it's an epidemic. It's almost insulting. Why do you not want to know why people are leaving? There could be a serious systemic issue on a baseline foundational pl platitude that could be fixed. But instead, you keep letting it sink because we have more people coming in. So it doesn't matter. Oh, and he's a four-star, and the guy leaving is a three-star. So he's one better star. So we made out better. Really? 
And the guy coming in has better numbers than the guy going out. So really, we're improving our sales force by 8%. Are you? Probably not. Probably not. As the coaching carousel continues to go crazy and coaches just bounce around like racquetballs, Lincoln Riley goes to USC. Good move, I guess. Higher profile job. Mm, mm. Historically, but not now in the relevancy of college football. But he's a pretty good coach. He'll probably bring that program to where they should be. There's no way USC should not be at least winning the Pac-12 every year and playing, at least competing for a spot in the playoffs in a national championship. That's just absurd that they are not. But anyway, he's probably going to change that. But that just damages all the transfers that were coming into Oklahoma and or the recruiting class. Now, they disperse out everywhere like kicking an anthill. Everyone goes crazy in one wild direction. Some ants follow another ants. Some ants go back into the hill. Some go over here. I don't know, get eaten by an aardvark. I have no idea. But I know at the same time, you'll follow the leader. In this instance, this happens at a, at a rate now, not even counting the NILs and paying kids. We have something I'll be doing later. I have an episode, NIL, not interested league. It's going to be good. Probably pop that one in the middle of the summer. Be sure and rate, subscribe, and review. Follow us at the Sports Antelope. We had a hilarious meme recently where Jalen or Jawan Howard quit Michigan and was actually hired to be the anger management cabinet director under this administration. Something that the Onion, or not the Onion, the Babylon Bee would do. But it almost seems like, yeah, sure, why not? I mean, what what they're what's there not to believe these days, right? I mean, that, that fits right into you know this current narrative. So, in any event, I feel that this. In particular, and I know there's probably some people thinking, you didn't really touch on the Ukraine thing. You should have got in there deeper. We didn't, you know, don't worry. That ain't going nowhere anytime soon. And Tommy Bench will come in and double down next week. But when it comes to what's happening in this specific genre of the transfer portal, and specifically not the corporate side of things, to me it is befuddling, it's baffling, and confusing that more confusing than anything that you wouldn't want to know. And it's not a grill fest. It's just asking questions, writing stuff down, meeting with your coaching staff, brainstorming, throwing it all against the wall, and maybe finding a common denominator in which, let's say, nine of the 11 people left, and nine of them don't like Coach Uncle Fucky. Well, maybe it's time to fire Coach Uncle Fucky. Maybe it's time to fire this guy or Jawan Howard or that guy. I don't know. Could be a litany of reasons why you may want to do this. I have no clue because I'm in sales. I don't know. I'm not a head. I know what I'd do if I was the AD. I know what I'd do if I was the CEO. I think that goes without being said. I think I've hammered on that one enough. But pay close attention to this because as years come, this transfer portal It'll never be shut down. It'll only grow. The transfer portal and NILs are very similar to giving the government power. Now that Canada can seize financial institutions and private property and do whatever they want, or not financial institutions, but seize the money within the financial institutions and your private property, don't think that the transfer portal will shrink or they'll change the rules. No, it only gets crazier and crazier, much like NILs and, 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 and such, paying kids and all this, as Coach O alluded to. So look, I'm glad... I'm, I'm, I'm sad that Tommy Bench couldn't come on. This is borderline his Super Bowl, as well as Bro Exotic and the Woke Pope. But I had a chance to win a lot of money last night, so I went and did that. But anyway, thanks for jumping on 
the show today. Where's that, Mr. Producer? Click that uh, special ed. Thanks for joining the Sports Antidote, episode number 88. I'm your host, Danny Belts. Follow us on Instagram at the Sports Antidote. Reach out and touch a brother. Tell somebody about the Sports Antidote. Do as I say. Don't tell me you don't feel it, baby. You know you feel it. You're feeling it. You're feeling it, son. Be sure and tell people about the Sports Antidote. We're trying to grow this thing organically. Check us out next week. I got a good one for you. We'll be getting into college basketball as we get closer to the tournament. And if you don't, tell a brother or somebody, reach out, touch a sister, a brother, your cousin, I don't care. If you don't do it, I'll cuck you.